I'm Josh Escovito with Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Scott Hervey with Weintraub Tobin. Louis Brisboy Bisgard and Smith, LLP, is suing Louis Brisboy Bisgard and Smith, LLP, in a Texas federal court for trademark infringement. No, this is not law firm schizophrenia. It's a weird case, but it does give us two great takeaways for trademark owners. We're going to talk about this case on the next installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Lewis Brisboy Bisgard and Smith is a well-regarded national law firm. They have 1,600 lawyers, and they do business in many states, including Texas. Since 2002, Lewis Brisboy operated under the business name Lewis Brisboy Bisgard and Smith. And since 2009, the law firm operated an office in Texas, actually two offices in Texas. The firm owned a registered trademark, a composite mark for Lewis Brisboy Bisgard and Smith, but apparently that trademark registration went abandoned in 2020. Remember that, that's a plot twist that's going to be important later on in our story. So who is this other Lewis Brisboy Bisgard and Smith? Yes, it's time for the weirdness in this case. Uh, so in May of 2022, uh, a gentleman named Michael Bitgood and Richard Jones filed the registration for a domestic limited liability partnership in uh, Lewis Brisboy Bisgard and Smith LLP uh, with the Texas Secretary of State. Bitgood listed the services as mediation and related services. They then filed an assumed name certificate in the offices of the Secretary of State, identifying the Bitgood entity's assumed name as Lewis Brisboy, Biscard, and Smith. So I'm sure you're asking yourself, why would Bitgood, Bitgood and Jones do this? Well, it seems that the law firm, uh, Lewis Brisboy, Biscard, and Smith, represented some third parties as defendants in an unrelated case where the plaintiffs were Bitgood and Jones. After Bitgood and Jones formed this entity, uh, they amended the complaint. They added their new entity, Lewis Brisboy, Bisgard and Smith, LLP, as a plaintiff. And then they added the law firm and the law firm's lead lawyer in Texas handling this other case as defendants. And as against the law firm and the lawyer, Bitgood and Jones and the Bitgood entity alleged that the law firm and the lawyer are using the Bitgood entity's name in an illegal and unauthorized manner, reasonably calculated to create mass confusion and damage. Wow, I think my head is about to explode. So let me see if I got this right. Bitgood and Jones sue some third parties. Lewis, Brisboy, Bisgard, and Smith represent those third parties. Bitgard and Jones, then I assume thinking it provides them with some sort of strategic leverage in that underlying lawsuit, form an entity in Texas, Lewis, Brisboy, Bisgard, and Smith, LLP. And they then add that entity as a plaintiff in the, in the underlying lawsuit, and they add the law firm and its lawyers as defendants claiming, essentially, trademark infringement. That's right, Josh, you have it correct. Uh, but I'm assuming... You're asking yourself, why would they do that? Well, there was a clue to that in Bitgood and Jones's amended complaint. They claimed that the law firm failed to renew the filing, their uh, their corporate filing, with the Texas Secretary of State, which is why Bitgood and Jones were able to file their incorporation. This seems to be part of some plan to cause the law firm to be unable to represent the defendants in the underlying lawsuit. So going back to your lead into the story, I assume the law firm filed a trademark infringement action. That's right. They did. 
And Bickett and Jones filed a motion to dismiss recently. Apparently, Bickett and Jones thought they hit the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow when they discovered that the law firm's federal trademark registration went abandoned on July 10, 2020. But as you know, Josh, that's not the end of the story. No, it isn't. Bickett and Jones failed to consider the common law trademark rights that the law firm has in its name. That's right. See, trademark rights stem not from registration of a mark, but from its actual use in commerce. While some civil law nations follow the first to file rule, which grants senior rights to the first party to win the race to the trademark office, the United States follows the rule that ownership and priority go to the party who has first use. Common law rights are defined by the scope of actual use and the geographical territory in which the mark was used. While a merchant may acquire common law trademark rights in the name of a brick and mortar business, uh, that interest is limited to the geographic area in which the merchant actually does business. So as such, another merchant in another town can use the exact same name for a similar business and not infringe the common law rights of the first merchant if that first merchant does not advertise or do business in that other town. Now, as to the law firm, um, you know, Lewis, Brisboy, Bisgard, and Smith have been doing business under that name since 2002 and in Texas since 2009. I'm certain the court will find that the law firm acquired common law trademark rights in their name in Texas dating back to 2009. And I'm certain that the court will also find uh, a likelihood of confusion or the relatedness of the services uh, when you compare law firm services, legal services, and mediation services. This case raises two great takeaways as I see it. The first is that the Lewis Brisboy Federal Trademark, which is a composite mark, probably should not have gone abandoned without a substitute application, preferably a plain word mark being filed prior. The composite mark went abandoned on July 10, 2020, and the law firm did not file any new trademark applications until September 29, 2022. Now, maybe they had a reason for the lapse. It does seem like they have new branding on their website, so maybe this is all a case of unfortunate timing. These are not inexperienced lawyers. However, a good rule of thumb for all trademark owners is to make sure that all trademark renewal dates are well calendared and responded to in a timely manner, as there is no grace period for failing to file a renewal on time. That's right, Josh. And the second takeaway is a lesson that Bitgood and Jones will probably soon learn. That is, don't forget about the common law trademark rights. Sometimes I see clients failing to appreciate that business that's using a brand in only one or two states that hasn't filed either a state or a federal trademark application. Those mark owners can still sue for trademark infringement and still prevent you from adopting a confusingly similar mark in that state or geographic territory. And I'm sure that Bitgood and Jones will soon come to appreciate just how much value a common law trademark has. Thanks for sharing, Scott. It's been, well, it's been weird. It has been weird. Uh, <laughs> and we'll see if there's any more weird twists and turns in this case. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for tuning into this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a positive review, and for more content, visit our website at theiplawblog.com. Thanks. Thanks.